Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. So let's look at Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26 through 38. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, and the the Lord is with you. I don't know about you, but hey, mom. Could you imagine you're a teenage girl and an angel shows up and says that to you? I would be kind of like, okay, this is going in my memory bank right at the top. And then he says, verse 30, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. 32. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, shatter you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. Ladies, there's still hope. Just telling you. And all of them are going like this to pastor right now. I don't know why. For the word of God will never fail. Somebody say amen. amen. Well, let, me, let me back up. I missed part of that. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the, Lord, for the word of God will never fail. Verse 38, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then... The angel left her. Whether your children are young or whether your children are old, the day and the age that we live in makes it difficult to be a Christian mom. It seems that virtually everything is pitted against the family, against faith and core values of our founding as a nation. We used to feel that schools would reinforce what they were teaching at home. Anybody here ever read Pilgrim's Progress? And, and the way they used to teach the alphabet, A is for Adam. Did you know that? And then they would go, they, every letter would have a, a connecting point to the Word of God. And that's how you learned your alphabets. It wasn't A is for apples, A is for Adam, who sinned against God. Wow. That's a different way of learning the alphabet. But for the most part, when our children go to school, they're being taught that that we evolved by an accident. 
that the Bible is just a collection of myths, that parents are just dumb boomers or Karens. They learn that communism is the ideal form of government, which has always resulted in totalitarianism and dictatorship, which always means death to its citizens. And there are so many things that, that seem to tear down the meaning and the importance of a family, of motherhood, of parenting. With the value of motherhood being demeaned, it seems that part of the responsibility of the church today is to lift up motherhood the way the Lord would want motherhood lifted up and honored. So let's look at Mary as an example of motherhood. I mean, she too faced some extreme difficulties in her own day. In fact, let's note some of the difficulties Mary experienced in trying to be a good mother to her family. Well, first, Mary had a, to deal with a negative reputation that she had no reason. She didn't cause it to happen. She just accepted the will of God in her life. Now, we know that the child of, of Mary, that Jesus was born and conceived truly by the Holy Spirit. You know that. I know that. And the only two people in the world at that time that knew that was Mary and Joseph. And eventually Elizabeth, but from the voice of Mary. So can you imagine being a little teenage girl? And as you're walking through your little village... You couldn't hide in a metropolitan. You, you were going through a village, and all of a sudden, the slander, the gossip, everywhere you turned. I can't believe you did that to Joseph. Who is the real father? You, and you, name, you know the names. Everywhere she went. Everywhere. And forever and ever, it was on. We would not stop with the attacks of this negative reputation. It seemed to just stick to her. I mean, even day, decades later, when Jesus was being confronted by the religious leaders of the day who were full of hypocrisy, they had the audacity to turn around and say this to Jesus. Look with me in John chapter 8, verse 41. These religious leaders who are supposed to represent the Word of God. They said to Jesus, they replied, we aren't illegitimate children. God Himself is our Father. Here's Jesus, 33 years of age, and they're still attacking Him and saying, you are illegitimate. Using the word correctly, bastard. Do you, can you comprehend? That negative connotation on mom is now falling on the child, Jesus, a grown man? And mama had to live with this. Mama had to live life with this, knowing she was innocent, knowing that she was right in the center in the will of God. Some mothers have a negative reputation from their past. And sometimes their children... Painfully so may throw it up at him. Well, you did this, mom. 
And you did that when you... And you know, you could fill in the blank. And then the kid says, so who are you to lecture me about morality? I mean, that's difficult to deal with. But it's not impossible. In fact, it presents an opportunity for teaching our children that as Christians, we're saved by God's grace. And He has forgiven us of our past. And because of my past, because you say this to that daughter, you say this to the son, you go, because of my past, because of my poor decisions, because of my sin, I have learned things. And I am here to warn you. I'm here to try to stop you from doing what I did. Because in that path, there's guaranteed pain and suffering. There's guaranteed resentment and regret. And there are things that will stick that you don't want to stick. And there will be things that will fall away that you want to be able to gather. So child, don't use my past life as justification to ruin your own. And Mary also had to deal with poverty. Everything in the Bible indicates that Mary and Joseph, they knew poverty. I mean, Jesus, the Son of God, was born in a barn. Think about that. They call him king, and you go, oh my goodness, what an incredible story. I'll start from the very beginning and tell me about it, the pregnancy, and where was he born? Oh, it's great. Where was he born? Uh, in a barn? Yeah. You're kidding me. No, no, no. And then they didn't have a crib or anything, so they put him in a, in a feeding trough. You know, a manger? What? Yeah, they didn't even clean up any of the junk, you know, from all the business from the animals. It was still in there because it was late at night. He was poor? Yeah, Jesus knew poverty. So did Mary. So did Joseph. Maybe as a mother today, you're feeling financial pressures. You're not able to give your child or help your adult children the way that you would want to. So much so that, that you're willing to bow down to the pressure to pull out the credit card and buy things for the young kids or do things with the credit card to help out the adult kids. And I, and I tell you, stop. Don't go there. I encourage you to resist that temptation. We all need to learn the most that most, the most valuable things in life are not able to be purchased with money. Her name's Jean Barron, and she, she wrote this in the Reader's Digest about the old mobile home where she lived with her teenage son. And she said this, she said the home was structurally unsound and the plumbing always leaked. She was ashamed when her son brought friends home because of their meager surroundings. But one day she learned that her son's best friend, who had all the material things anyone could want, had run away from home. She said, 
I was puzzled. So I asked my son, why? And he explained, well, mom, at their house, they had a lot of environment, but not very much love. Here, we have lots of love, but not very much environment. Money can't buy everything. You know, some of the best stuff in the world, you can't actually touch it. You can only experience it. I don't care what anybody says. Love is real. How do you know? Just look into mama's eyes. Then Mary had to face the fact that people uh, hated her child. Can you imagine that, mama? When Jesus was born, the government, the guy on top of it all, King Herod, was sending soldiers to find Mary's son, the baby, and have him executed. I don't know about you, but talk about rough times. Mary and Joseph, they had to flee to Egypt to protect his life. Mama, be aware of the fact that the enemy of your soul and your child's soul hates you, hates your children. I'm not saying dislikes. And I'm not saying irritated. I'm saying loathe. I'm saying pure hatred for your baby, for that child of yours. And the greatest spiritual weapon you have will cover your child. And that is through constant prayer. And no amount of money can stop it or force it. Well, then Mary may have had to... We're not sure, but we think that there's a very strong chance that Mary had to raise her children as a single mom. You see, we know Joseph is recorded in the Scripture all the way to the age of 12 with Jesus, where mom and dad took him to the temple there in Jerusalem. And after that event, we have no more recording of the life of Joseph. Some scholars suggest that's because he's deceased. We don't know if it was murder. We don't know if it was accidental. We, don't, we have no idea. But we know for sure that he's not recorded there. So if it's the case that he's no longer present in the home, well, then Mary would know what it would be like to be a single mom and to raise a family. There's a lot of single parents today. And I want to say to every single mom and every single dad, you're an unsung hero. And we love you. When you think about it, you work all day, you come home exhausted, and yet you need to make dinner, do some clothes, get that laundry done, make sure they got some homework, get the baths going, Take out the trash, 
And oh yeah, and by the way, the garbage disposal is stuck and broken. And guess what? Those darn kids don't really get it. But you know what? The Lord does. He sees it all. All of that hard work and effort. And I want you to know, we bless you and are grateful for you. Because there's one thing that any mama knows. You still find a way to try to get that boy, that girl to church. Because you know there's something more important than anything else. More important than the laundry, more important than a clean house, more important than a clean car. Nothing more important than even the bills, nothing. Even trying to buy a house, nothing is as important as seeing that young baby find Jesus on their own. So bless you, Mama. Bless you for that. And then finally, Mary had to deal with a child that was rejected and abused. I think this is one of the hardest things we can face as a parent, is seeing our child being rejected, being mistreated, being abused by anyone, whether that person is young or whether they're old. You don't mess with my child. His name is, uh, I believe, Jerry Clower. He's a comedian who really should be viewed as not as a comedian, but as the biggest, meanest me, Joan Green in town. He's big. He is sizable football player. Okay? His son was the kicker, the kicker for the football team of the high school. His son went out to go kick that, that, that extra the, the field goal, and he missed it. He veered off to the left, and he missed it. Well, where Dad was sitting, he was about here, and about four rows up was the big loudmouth. Okay? And that loudmouth went off. Whose kid's that? That is ridiculous. How hard is it to kick the ball through the uprights? This is disgusting. He's just going off. And I'm telling you, that dad had enough. He got out of his seat, and he walked, and he sat, and I mean sat right next to him. He leans over and says, you might need to say thank you to Jesus right now. <laughs> he goes, what are you talking about? He says, I'm a Christian. And Jesus said, I couldn't kill you. And if he would have said, okay, you would be dead already. That's my boy. You understand me? Yes, sir. That was a mighty good looking kick. Somebody moved the goalposts. <laughs> it's pretty tough, isn't it, to see your children being rejected and being abused. I mean, Simeon told told Mary, a sword will pierce your heart, Mary. Mary must have felt that when they hurled all these insults and these, these incredible things at Jesus. They said things like, he's demon-possessed. He's guilty of blasphemy. 
Jesus is crazy. What a lunatic. He's a drunk. Or how about hearing everybody in Jerusalem screaming and yelling, crucify Him. Oh, Mama, can you hear it? Can you imagine, Mama? And there you are at Calvary and your baby's on a cross. And yet Mary was right there. She wasn't hiding. She wasn't like Peter and denying him and then running. She stood by her child. We can't stop an evil world from being abusive and ugly and mean. But when that ugly time comes, Mama, you stand right there by them. You hold them, you hug them, you cry with them, you encourage them. Sometimes say nothing. I said say nothing. And just be there. Just be there. They call it sitting Shiva. When somebody's died and somebody comes over, and all they do is they mourn by just being there at the house. They don't talk. They're just there. They cry when, they are, and when everybody's crying. They stop when everybody else stops. They're just present. And sometimes there's nothing like the presence of Mama. But Mary also had some incredible resources that helped her be a great mom. In Luke chapter 1, verse 38, we find out that Mary was really always doing the will of God. Find this. Here she is, a teenage girl. We just read it, but I want to read it again. Verse 38. Mary responded. She's responding to the angel. I am the Lord's servant. She's making a declaration. I am the Lord's servant, meaning you got me for life. May everything you have said about me come true. She's committing to the idea that God is going to impregnate her, meaning not another man, but God. So knowing how in the world is she going to explain this to mommy and daddy, and most of all, how do you explain that to Joseph? But if this is what God wants, I know it makes no sense to anybody else, but, but God said to do what I'm in. Now that's servanthood. It doesn't make sense on the outside. It doesn't, it's not supposed to. That's complete submission. I mean, there's something reassuring in knowing that when you're acting in harmony with the will of God, there can be peace. Everything else may be falling apart, but if you know that you know that you know that you're doing what God wants, there's something reassuring about that. 
Have you ever gone out and done something you know you're not supposed to do and you just went ahead and did it anyway? You don't care what God says. I'll ask for forgiveness later. You just take off and do the wrong thing. I'm telling you, you don't feel real peaceful on the inside. You just want to not think about it. But have you ever had those times where you know you're in the middle of God's will? You're just doing it and you don't care. It makes no sense in the natural, but you go ahead and do it anyways because you're in the middle of God's will. There's this incredible peace. Wow. His name's James Keller. He said this, and I quote, wow, this, this is an incredible statement from moms. It says, every mother has the breathtaking privilege of sharing with God in the creation of a new life. She helps bring into existence a soul that will last for all eternity. I don't know about you guys, but I kind of feel left out, except for that pregnancy part thing. See, mothers... Realize that your greatest responsibility as mom is to raise your child to know Jesus. To accept Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. That they can live in eternity with all of God's family. With Christ. With all the biblical heroes. But with all of the family with the same last name as yours. Mary had a supportive husband, at least as we said, for at least 12 years that we know recorded for, for sure. Husbands, one of the finest things we can do is to support our wives. Let them know we love them and are behind them and that we support them. Men, one of the greatest gifts you can give your children. Oh, you want to hear this one. You want to know the greatest gift you can give your kids? Love mom. Love mom. I, I, till this day, right, if I go up to Chris and I give her a big snooch in the kitchen, oh, the kids just get grossed out. <laughs> I love it. Get a room, they tell us. And they go, ooh! And they're like this, ooh! And they're like, ooh! And they're peeking through. They cover their eyes, but they're peeking through their fingers. Why? Because they want to see dad love mom. That means a lot. Don't ever stop showing affection to your wife in front of them kids. They want to see that. It means a lot to them. It means marriage is important. It means marriage has value. It means marriage is still good 10, 20, 50, 75 years later. They want to see that. You know, finally, Mary had a, she had a close, understanding friend. In this case, who just happened to be a relative. She went to Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was a much older relative than she was. But they had a very similar experience in how they got pregnant. God had something to do with it. They, had, they were both giving a miraculous conception. Elizabeth was well past 
you know, barren years. She was much older, and yet somehow her and her husband were able to get pregnant, and she had never had a child. And now, obviously, we know about Mary. And so because of this, they had this in common that God was working in both of their lives. And they could glean off each other encouragement and support. And I'm telling you, I'm convinced in the tremendous need for extended family to be involved with children. There's something about aunts and uncles and grandparents who massively contribute to the upbringing of godly children. It's not just all on mom and dad. There's something about a godly aunt, a godly uncle, grandmas and grandpas. And you know what else about that extended family? There's something about an extended church family of aunts and uncles, of men and women of God, brothers and sisters who contribute to the life of a child. Well, in the end, Mary was greatly rewarded. She got to see Jesus rise from the dead. Can you imagine that? You see your son die and the incredible suffering he went through, and three days later, you get to see him alive again. You get to hug him and kiss him. And I'll come over here. I'm going to make you something to eat. I'm going to make you the best of everything. How many you want? I'm giving you three times that. Can you imagine like just one of those, those Mexican mamas making, or those Italian mamas, and they're just putting it all on the table. You know she fed him well. It's her way of saying, I love you. How special that must have been. She was rewarded. But for some, Mother's Day may be a hard and heavy day. Maybe for some, your mother was not a good mother at all. Maybe she was me. Maybe she was broken herself. Maybe for some, your mother has passed away. And it's a sad day. I miss my mom. She passed away last October. Maybe for some, a child has passed away, Mama. I don't care if it's been years. Mother's Day is hard. Maybe you've never even got to meet your mother. Or maybe you're distant from your children, either by miles by one's own heart. Mother's Day can be a heavy day. But the good news, <laughs> the good news is that the Bible talks not just about imperfect families. The Bible talks about the eternal family. That one day we will be with God. That one day we will be with Jesus. That one day we will be part of the great family of God, sitting at the great banqueting table, saying, pass me this, and I want more of that. And looking at the uncle saying the funniest jokes. And being overwhelmed that the light is just coming from our Father. 
It's happening. It's coming. And we'll be with Him. And we'll be with all of our family forever and ever for those who love Jesus and claim Him as Lord and Savior. In the meantime, we need to do everything we can to make our families the best they can be to the glory of God. And whatever you do, Mama, oh, Mama, you better hear me now. Whatever you do, Mama, do not give up. There is something special about Mama's prayers. We all know when Mama's praying, don't we? So Lord, I pray that you would give Mom wisdom of the ages. Father, that you would remind Mom how you bottled their tears as a remembrance before you. All those prayers they pray over all of their children. And Father, even over their spouse. God, remind them how you love them. And how you will equip them for the task that is at hand. That even when they gave birth, and then all of a sudden those kids grew up, and now they're out of the house, they don't stop being mama. They just continue in a completely different capacity of being mom. But give them favor with their children. Give them favor as they share wisdom. And Lord, help them to be incredibly generous with the mama's heart, to love, to hug, to shed a tear or two, because there's nothing like a mama's heart. Whether near or far, may their love reach each and every one of their children. God bless them as they are a blessing to us. In your holy name we pray, amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.